nuclear. Now is it crick or creek? Coyote or coyote? Sometimes I say library. Welcome to You're Saying It Wrong. I'm Fletcher Powell, and each episode we turn to the people who literally wrote the book on this, sister and brother team Kathy and Ross Petrus, and we'll dive into what we get wrong and sometimes what we get right when we try to speak this weird English language. Okay, this is a weird topic. If we're going to start with, we're going to start with like what sounds extremely boring. It's the English subjunctive. And this started from basically Kathy and I were talking the other day, and I thought I heard it recently, but it did occur also a couple of years back where the president of France, Sarkozy, was campaigning and he used a what's called a subjunctive tense mood, not tense mood. And the French love when people use uh, politicians use a subjunctive because it shows that you're really sophisticated. And they were sneering at him because they were saying he never really uses it. He just did it just to be impressive. And then we were talking because that's something that would never happen, I don't think, in the States. I don't think anyone would be impressed if Bush or Trump or Obama or Biden used the subjunctive uh, mood. Well, to interject, I suspect that almost no one in the United States knows what the subjunctive uh, mood is. So, I mean, really? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, we just were thinking, do they actually use subjunctive? And we actually went into um, the internet and looked, and lo and behold, we have several instances of both Trump and Biden correctly, quote-unquote, using the subjunctive. So we were actually very impressed. So one problem I have always had is, as you mentioned, Kathy, uh, having any idea what subjunctive <laughs> is. I remember all of these words from when I was trying and failing to learn French in high school, but I couldn't even keep it straight with French where it's, I think it's probably easier to deal with. So in English, I can't at all remember what subjunctive is. Lay this out for me. Okay, there are three moods in effect for English verbs. There's the indicative, and that's when you make a statement or ask a question. I can play the piano. Can you play the piano? Okay, next is imperative. It's command. It's the imperative. It's like you're giving command or you're giving instructions. Play the piano, Fletcher, right now. Damn it! Sorry. That's, that's not going to work out for anybody. That I, I never <laughs> learned. And then finally, this is where we get to the subjunctive mood: is like a wish, a recommendation, or a hypothesis. I wish you would play the piano, or, and this is where we're going to lead into our, our the common one, I wish I were able to play the piano. And the key thing about the subjunctive is, in effect, it's unreal. It's not, we don't know if it's going to happen. It may never happen. It may just be an idea that we think may happen. Whereas the indicative is something that will happen or has happened. However, <laughs> the one thing that we've noticed is that we do use a subjunctive for one area and we're going to read a bunch of sentences now and you can guess what the subjunctive is you want to start with uh, trump kath trump uh said recently in a statement i think it was a couple of weeks ago uh if i was going to do a coup one of the last people i'd want to do it with is general mark milley and then also recently he was talking about covid and he said could you imagine if i were president right now apropos of the increases and in the interest of bipartisanship, I will take Biden right now, and then we'll discuss it. Uh, Biden said, I'd brag if I were you. But then he said, if I was asked, I would not remain quiet. 
Okay, so we have a couple of instances of was and a couple of instances of were in these things. Which is subjunctive, Fletcher? Do you know? Right. We want if I were. Correct. If I were in this situation rather than if I was in this situation, which which is, I guess, kind of a tense thing instead of a, a No, it's thing? not. This is a subjunctive thing. If I were president, it, it opens with, we don't know. Is he going to be president? We don't know. It's hypothesis, as Kathy had said earlier. So in this case, the if kind of makes it conditional, which makes it, which puts it in, this is going to get confusing, in a subjunctive term and you use were. I'd brag if I were you. I'm not you. So therefore, it's a subjunctive. It's this unreal situation. If if this thing were the case that isn't right now, then I would do this or this would happen. If, exactly. If it were. And I think this is a case where I think a lot of us use this correctly without being aware of it. We just, for whatever reason, whether it's a question of reading a lot or hearing it, we automatically say, if I were a rich man, the song from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. You know, I mean, you don't say, if I was a rich man. And it, it sounds wrong. But the weird thing with subjunctive moods is that, like, in the case of... Um, uh, Biden, the second one, said, if I was asked, I would not remain quiet. That doesn't sound wrong to me, even though it's, it is a hypothetical. But if I was asked, it's like almost like there's rankings of when the were seems almost immediately necessary. Do you get yeah, what I'm saying? I'm going to throw in here, <clears throat> as Kathy just said, this is a dying, well, there's a debate about that, but the were was is seems to be dying. If I was asked, I think our mom would have had a fit if she heard that. It doesn't bother me either. It doesn't particularly bother me. I think there is a ranking, and I think we're sort of stuck with fossilized subjunctive forms in many cases in English. But it is still being used, even if it sounds esoteric. That's, I think, what we want to get across. And we also want to get across, for me, and I think for Kathy, it sounds right if you say were it doesn't sound right can you imagine if i was president i don't like how that sounds it doesn't mean it's wrong but i don't i don't hear it as correct is that the same with you all or not if i was president i would do this if i were pre if i were sounds a little nicer but i think i hear if i was president so often it doesn't set off my my uh spidey senses there i'm not i'm not tingling really mm-hmm what about you, Fletcher? I'd be curious what a 20-year-old thinks. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, we're, I think I'm the youngest of the three of us, uh, and I'm, mm -hmm. not, I'm not particularly young at this point, and, it, and I'm kind of in the middle. I, I, I wouldn't say that I notice it every time someone says, if I was, but I, I know the difference, and I, and I hear it, especially when we're talking about it. But it is kind of in a gray area for me. Uh, as far as caring. And so I'm, I'm wondering, mm -hmm. you know, it, maybe it bothers you, Ross, because you're a little bit older and, and someone a little bit younger may not even notice, let alone care. Well, if I was young, if I was young, I don't think I would care. If I were young, I mean, now I'm going to switch back and forth. <laughs> I actually found a chart because I got curious about it, how often um, subjunctives are actually used now, speaking of youth. And they were saying, I think if you compare the subjunctive mood to imperative or progressive, literally in spoken conversation, you have imperatives appearing 5.2 uh, per thousand words. Oh, excuse me, progressive 5.2, imperatives 2.8, subjunctive 0.1 per 
percent of the time, 0.1 times it appears in a thousand words. So it's not really used much in conversation. I suspect that it's more common in print. Although actually, now here we go. This is, <laughs> this is a morass. Kathy and I were talking about, maybe we should just junk it because it's uh, this topic, because it's so, there, there's so many different points of view. There's a professor at University of, I think, Tennessee, who mm. claims subjunctive is actually fairly frequent. I didn't, I can't find the exact source right now mm. and finds that it's more often used in spoken conversation than in written prose. Mm -hmm. So I, I, and I don't know. I mean, this is, is really a, a tough one to figure out at this point. If, if that were the case, uh, <laughs> it would, it would kind of go back to what Kathy said, where it's something that we do without really even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It just comes out of our mouths. Whereas if people are thinking a little more about it as they're writing, I mean, it's just naturally you're going to be thinking a little more about it than they might actually do it incorrectly. I think you're right. Actually, speaking of, I just found the an article here. This is the guy uh, who, who said it, Professor Finney. And he has a whole series of examples. Uh, he just got in conversation. He walked around the street and got examples. If only the weather were this reliable. I wish it were summer. Um, growing up, my mother was so concerned that we not be brought up as cheap, blah, 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 See, blah, now blah. that not be brought up to me sounds like I don't, I would hear that. I hear that in an older person's voice. I, I'm just thinking, I'm, I mean, this is just an opinion, obviously. I don't mm -hmm. hear a young person saying that. Do you guys? I agree with you, Kathy. <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> I'm speechless. I think it's dying. But here, I'm going to actually go. I just found another study as we were, Kathy was saying that. And this guy uh, charted, um, he went to the Time Corpus and used uh, that he, she, they, be, as a, you know, with uh, brackets, mm -hmm. as an example of the uh, subjunctive. And he finds, um, ooh, actually, Kathy is right. Yay! He finds 5.5 <laughs> units out of X in the 1990s, then in the 2000s, 3.9, and then in the late uh, 2000s, or, or up to us, 3.6. So it does seem to be declining. <laughs> okay, now However, I just found, wait a second, I'm interjecting. I just found go that ahead. they they found <laughs> subjunctives most often in fiction, which makes me wonder... If it's written in, in dialogue that's like sort of stuffy, Downton Abbey, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. So you're trying to, you're using the subjunctive because you're thinking older, you're thinking past. However, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter you with, now we go back to <laughs> millions again. This, this, this another, another academic found that in spoken English, it's used 5.8 times per million, 3.1 times in fiction. And 5.3 times an academic. Well, he's wrong because he's refuting my theory. Sorry, go on. <laughs> but I, I think we're tr basically trying to tell you this is a minefield. It is very confusing. And it's probably sort of useless at this point because it does, does not make too much of a difference in terms of meaning. We can get around it. And in fact, the, apparently the Americans tend to use it far more than the British do. The British find it stilted and tend not to use it in speech or in writing. Ross, you mentioned at the very beginning how when the French use it, it, it sort of denotes class. 
And while we are not blind to class in the United States, we're, we're far less concerned with it than a lot of European uh, societies are. And so I don't really think at this point anyone would... Th- you were saying that Sarkozy used the subjunctive in French possibly to seem a little more upper class or upper crust. And I don't think we, we would we would not think that one way or the other if, if an American politician were to use the subjunctive or not use it. Is that I mean, do you agree? Oh, completely. I do. I don't I, I think we tend to prefer people to uh, speak a kind of common vernacular we don't like fancy language a lot i think is you know i mean it's the log cabin idea really, right but, for, but even for, uh, but even even taking that into account i don't think we would think one way or another if they used either one i mean no you, I agree. you have you have an example of of both trump and biden using both and mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. i don't think anybody really would think anything of either one of those statements at this point in english in American English. No, I think you're right. I do too. But okay, let's go back then. I guess maybe we should go back there. The other, we had the were, was for subjunctives. So the other uh, use that we don't, that without the were, was, is when we use other verbs. And the subjunctive form with other verbs is sort of easy. You just take, you take, let's say, to take, take off the to, and you've got the subjunctive. It's take. It seemed faded that the project take its name from. Faded gives you the idea of, in, un, you know, not sure it's going to happen. So then it takes a subjunctive there. Um, the president, I do not dictate to the president how he go about, which is really weird. I would say goes about. Right, say it again with the go about. I want to hear it. This is an example from the Finney uh, person saying how we use the subjunctive without knowing it. And he has with, uh, this is a while back. Um, I did not di- dictate to the president how he go about doing his job. I don't know. I, I've heard, I hear that. I, that sounds, that, how it goes about, or is it go? I think either, either sounds okay to my ear. Okay. I, oddly enough, here I switch. I like goes about rather than go. Mm-hmm. Okay. The campaign is eager that their candidate step out of the shadows. See, again, I could go either way, step or steps. I, I, I really, I mean, which goes back to this being A, a minefield and B, kind of like over, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, either sounds fine. Here's one from Frazier a couple nights ago on rerun or on, you know, whatever, streaming. It is imperative that everyone play pianissimo during the spoken monologue. It is imperative that everyone play. As you're reading all of these, if I thought about them at all, I would kind of panic and not know what I was supposed to do. I think Mm. in most cases, I would probably say the wrong version. I would have said (laughs) plays pianissimo or whatever whatever it was you just said <laughs> whatever um, Frazier wanted uh I, it keeps me back to the piano yeah or or steps out of uh, whatever it was during the the political statement a moment ago I, I wouldn't have said step I wouldn't have said play I think I would have gotten that wrong in each case and if you stopped me and said okay what what should this be because it's subjunctive I would I would just kind of throw up my hands and say, I have no idea what's right here. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I don't, I disagree with, I agree with you. And I disagree with professor Finney who said, I'm going to quote here. The subjunctive mood is a beautiful and valuable component of the English language. Instead of dying out is actually enjoying a subtle revival. I don't think we've seen that, but we've seen it being used frequently. I don't think we need it. I could get on board with the beautiful part of that. Not so much the valuable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Here's what. Here's how the British British tend to get away with it. I'm going to read it to you, and this is the other. I said before you can also like make it. You you basically take off the s when it's a regular verb, and with the to be verbs you do a bunch of things. The uh, was were and then to be we have. So I'm going to read you this one. Harris was determined that the film be authentic. Now, see, I don't think I would say that anymore at all. Would you? No, I, I think I would prefer Harris was determined that the, that the film was. No, I would say that, actually. What would you say instead, that the film was authentic? I personally would probably, what I would end up saying is the film should be authentic. Ah, Fletcher, that's what you I would just, say. Congratulations. I was just about to say <laughs> that's the way to do it. And that's what the British tend to do. They use so-called modal verbs, should, could, would. Those verbs don't stick out on their own. They're kind of attached to other verbs. And they make it, in effect, a, a subjunctive clause, but the should become, is added in, which Americans tended and still perhaps tend not to do. But that's what I would say. Harris mm -hmm. was determined that the film should be authentic, could be authentic, or whatever. Yep. Yes. Yeah. What fascinates me, though, is looking, you know, there's certain um, statements, little phrases that we still have that are very subjunctive. -y. And like, if truth be told, that you would never say if the truth should be told. You know what I mean? There's certain times where I think it's such a unit in our head that we don't, that it sounds right and it sounds so wrong if we altered it. And one of you mentioned earlier that a lot of our use of the subjunctive right now is, is kind of fossilized. And I guess mm -hmm. that would be one of those examples. Actually, let's try to think of some more, I'm just curious now. Let's think of some more fossilized subjunctives. Other than if truth be told. Yeah. Until death do us part. Yes. But that's sort of like quoting poetry almost. You know what I mean? It's not really like something you say in normal life. If I were you is almost fossilized because I didn't really when I when I hear if I were you, I heard it from as a kid and everyone used mom used it. So I don't really I never thought of it as a subjunctive until later when I learned what grammar was. So I, in a weird way, I hear if I were you is just automatic. I think that's in a weird way a fossilized one, too. What do you guys think of that? Well, does anyone say if I was you? I don't think so. If I was you, that's because that sounds so wrong. It does to me. OK, I'm just looking it up right now. And most of the questions are, what's the difference between if I were and if I was you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. OK, I think be that as it may, that's a fossilized term. So be it. Mm -hmm. So be it, definitely. Come what may. Be it ever so humble. <laughs> but the point with those, though, is this be it ever so humbled is like when I was said um, till death do us part. It's like that's not like I don't like chat and right. say something <laughs> like, yeah, you know, be it ever so humble, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. <laughs> OK, as it were. Yeah. As it were, definitely. I have a sneaking suspicion I use as it were, and it's some. It's I'm humiliated to admit it because it sounds quite bougie, doesn't it? Really, as it were. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we're talking about basically old English, and we're talking about something that's changing. I think it's going to be lamented. I think, regardless of what uh, Professor Finney says, I feel that it's it's beginning to end. The subjunctive. I think that we're. I think we're using would and should, and I think the the pure subjunctive or the, as pure as you can get in English is basically fading. I think probably uh, if I were a rich man, if I were whatever, will probably stay with us for a while. But I just was watching a uh, TV show, Borgen, which is fun. It's about the Danish. Um, it's weird. It's about Danish government, but it's actually really fun. And I, the sub, the uh, subtitles two times had, if I was, and you know, and oh. I didn't think of it when I 
I only thought of it because we're watching the show. But yeah. We're doing the show, but I didn't think of it otherwise. So I think it's fading. So we're saying it's fading. Was there was there really ever a time when everybody went around saying the subjunctive in English? Well, in Old England, certainly. I was going to say not in modern. Like in French or whatever. They had endings that, that, that would be subjunctive endings. Those endings dropped out and we where are we are now. Okay. But, I mean, Old English is... is definitely not modern english it's pretty different right very and so uh, let's let's say modern english I, it it seems like something that's so uh, so ambiguous or or so hard to maybe wiggly maybe i should say that it's just hard to get a hold of in english so much so that that it seems like something people would have always had difficulty with well i just love the fact that you said wiggly cuz we had this wonderful quote from some article that said it's slippery. And um, the editor of the New Fowler's Modern English Usage described it as, quote, one of the great shifting sands of English grammar. <laughs> yeah. And pointed out, I swear to God, there were 156 pages on it in um, a historical English syntax book. Wow. About one thing. So, yeah. I mean, like, it, we're, we're right to be going like, huh, about yeah. it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And Actually, it's also, I mean, the fact that we opened this whole thing with talking about Sarkozy using the subjunctive to sound impressive. The point is, even in, in other languages, it does seem to be declining in the fact that they actually praised him for mm. knowing it. You know mm. what I mean? So I do think that it is beginning to fade worldwide, probably. But do you want to take a test? Yes, I will fail. If I were to take a test, I would fail it. <laughs> <laughs> so now... What about saying, were I to take a test, which sounds even more stuffy? <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I mean, the, the if I were, that, that, that one's easy. And that's the one I've always known. These others, these others cause me problems. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Let's, let's do it. Let's see what happens. Okay. Number one, are the verbs in these sentences correct or incorrect? And this is a subjunctive test, which is essentially useless, but we're going to have fun with it. Are you suggesting that everyone writes an essay? Correct or incorrect? Correct. You told me that you're supposed to drop the S, and so I'm going to say right. I mean, W-R-I-T-E, right. <laughs> I say the same thing Fletcher does. Kathy, you say S is correct? I was wrong. I said that S was correct, but I just heard Fletcher, and I'm changing my response. <laughs> I copied okay. off his notes. I was the kid looking at the other one on the desk. <laughs> okay, I'm just checking it, and Fletcher... Kathy and I are both correct. Okay, so here's the thing about this and probably everything that we're going to go through here. If you didn't tell me that we were doing a subjunctive test, I would not have gotten that correct. I, mm -hmm. I, I, only, know, I only knew that because you told me the, the rule earlier and I know we're doing a subjunctive test. But if you just gave me that sentence and said, is there anything wrong with this sentence? I, I would probably say it looks fine to me. Me too. Yeah. So okay, this is the next... <laughs> I think Fletcher is right. I agree with him on this, which is, again, why we're talking about language changes and the subjunctive, whether we like it or not, does seem to be going into the uh, hinterland. But okay. when work is especially hectic, Ritu sometimes wishes she was not the boss. When work is especially hectic, she sometimes wish wishes she was, she was not oh. the boss. I say correct. That sounds right to me. I it's say correct. Incorrect. I say yeah. incorrect. Because she wishes, wishes right. makes it 
She were not. But she is the boss. She is the boss. So I would argue that that's not that that it's that it's not um, hypothetical. It is hypothetical. She, she is, wishes she wasn't. She, she, yeah, she, she, right, I just but said she that is the boss. <laughs> I just said okay. that incorrectly, even though I think I'm telling you the answer was <laughs> she wishes she were not the boss. I She's agree, wishing something think, that's not the case. I know, but but the point is that she is the boss. So I think I, I'm, 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 I, I got a D in logic, okay? Okay, <laughs> sticking with my answer. Okay, Fletcher, what do you think? Well, I think... If, if we are assuming we're using the subjunctive in all of these, then I guess it probably has to be were. But it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right if you say she I, I, was sounds right to me in that case. And, and if if was is incorrect, then I think this is another example of how how much this is fading, how much the subjunctive is fading. But anyway, tell us the real answer. OK, it's were not. Yep. Okay. I disagree. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right, so to speak. I say worse. If, if loving Go you, on. if loving you were wrong. I... <laughs> yeah, Kathy. Uh, this one though, think of it. She's wishing for something that's not the case, so therefore it no, is indeterminate. I understand that, but I'm saying, but to me, the, the, she is the boss, so she's. That wishing... But she's, but she doesn't want to be the boss. She's yeah, not I the. See what you're she saying. wishes she I, were I, not the boss. No, I understand your argument, but it's bothering me. Okay. Kath, go. Read the next one. Okay. The government will likely urge that the foreign diplomat leave the country before civil unrest escalates. That's That one's right. Leave. I say, yes. I say same thing. It's right. I say it's right, too. And the answer is, it's right. Okay. <laughs> we drop the S off and it, or take out the to leave, and we just that's it. It's, it's a subjunctive form. Next, Kath. Do you think that if he had been taller, he would have made the basketball team? This one terrifies me. Do you think that if he had been taller, he would have made the basketball team? I think it's right. I'm mm -hmm. terrified. I'm scared, but I think it's right. I think it's right, too. I could I could see an argument for if he were taller, he would have made the basketball team rather than if he had been taller. Yeah, but... that's what I was thinking as well, but... I don't think so, because the point here is this is all factual. This yeah, all exactly. Exactly. Mm. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And okay. Let's check it. Yep. We're right. Okay. Okay. We're so doing well. It, it, was, it was had been. That was correct. He would have, if he had been taller, he would have made the basketball yeah. team. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ross? Okay. Marie's uncle suggests that she takes the unpaved road to the chateau because the drive, though hair rising at times, is stunningly beautiful. It's a long it's sentence. It's very strange that, yeah, that is a long sentence to get to that one word takes. Uh, where's the chateau? <laughs> Will that influence your answer? Uh, drop the S off. <laughs> drop the S off takes, right? It should be take. Yeah, that's what, yeah, I agree. I say same thing. Let's check it. And we are correct. And finally... The trainer strongly recommends that you are stretched and warmed up before lifting any weights. Oh, I would figure it it, it should be you you be stretched and warmed up. Fletcher. You got good. I agree with Fletcher. I, I guess that's technically right, but I think that sounds ridiculous and I prefer R. I, I, I even though I know it's probably technically wrong. I'll I'm mm -hmm. gonna go with a technicality. So you're saying it's you're I think we all know it though. We all know it's it should B, be. But I like R yeah. better. We don't, we're, we're under protest, we're saying B, okay? <laughs> right. I, yeah, I, a lot of this is under protest, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we are correct. 
under protest. We have gotten the subjunctive mood, <laughs> not tense. Hey, yeah. So long as somebody says to me, we're going to talk subjunctive, <laughs> then I'm going to get it right. Well, come on. How often are you out with friends? Someone brings up the subjunctive. You know, I mean, really. Oh, I mean, well, back when I used to be out with friends, it would happen basically all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say, I love this quote. Speaking of the subjunctive, it's Somerset Mom, uh, back in 1949, wrote, I love it. The subjunctive mood is in its death throes. The best thing to do is to put it out of its misery as soon as possible. So I think that sums it up nicely, for me at least. (laughs) I think we all agree. This episode of You're Saying It Wrong has been produced by me, Fletcher Powell, help from Beth Golay and Luann Stevens in the studios of KMUW in Wichita, Kansas. You're Saying It Wrong is a worldwide affair. Kathy Petrus records from her home in Granada, Spain. Ross Petrus from his home in Toronto, Ontario in Canada. If you have a question for Kathy and Ross, you can tweet it at us. We're at YSIWpod. Email them at knrpetrus at gmail.com or email me at powell at kmuw.org. And if you like what we're doing, leave us a rating or better yet, a review on your podcast platform of choice. Kathy and Ross's book, You're Saying It Wrong, was published by 10 Speed Press. You can find that and much of their other work pretty much anywhere you get books. We recommend your local independent bookstore. And, of course, Kathy and Ross are always up to something. You can check out their other work through their website, knrpetras.com. That's K-A-N-D-R-P-E-T-R-A-S dot com. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks.